Who's ready for the word today? All right. Open up your Bibles to uh, Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. And we're going to read. I'm going to read out of my Bible. Mark chapter 1, verses 16 and 18. And uh, this is the this is the point where Jesus walks along, and he calls some of his first disciples, um, Simon and Andrew, who are, are fishermen here. And Simon, of course, is Peter. And he says, verse sixteen will start out. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you today, God, hungry for your power, hungry for your word, hungry for your truth that changes and transforms lives. Help me, God, to deliver and, and to teach and share your word today in a way that is compelling, convicting, and penetrable like only the word of God is. Lord, anoint me to, to preach the truth of your gospel in a way that transforms lives today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So I wanna to talk to you today about living on a mission, about being on a mission. And I really believe that as people, the way God created us, that he created us internally to be hungry for mission, to be hungry, to be on a, a course of heading in a direction, ultimately, that God has prepared and planned for us, to be, but to be on a mission and not just be like in, in disarray, right? How many people have ever like had a job or you show up at a project or, you know, a volunteer event and you get there and you're like, okay, what, what do I do? And it's just like chaos. Like nobody knows what to do, right? And everybody's just like, uh, never one of our projects, obviously, right? None of ours. But you show up and you're, and you're like, I need some direction. Like I need to know what to do so I can sink my teeth in and, and do that. But when we have a clear mission and we know where we're headed and we know what our objectives are, it helps us to be moving forward and progressing in a track at a, at a very fast and propelling rate where we can accomplish great things. And even more importantly, when you're on mission and you know what your mission is, you don't get distracted with I mean, the, the details or things that conflict with the mission, right? How many people uh, have a shortage uh, or how many people just have an abundance of time? You just have too much time on your hands. You just don't know what to do with it. Paul, you do? Really? I'm so, we'll, we'll talk after church. Okay. So other than Paul, suffice to say, like all of us, I mean, you, 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 it's not like there's a shortage of things coming your way that are pulling at you for time, for attention, for energy, uh, help do this, do that, right? Everybody has things. And so when you're on a mission and you're clear about where you're headed, 
it helps to make sure when things come along and they conflict with that mission or they would sidetrack you or derail you, it's, it's, it's easier to be able to say, well, no, that's not part of where I'm headed. That's not my mission, right? And we can keep ourselves on a line and on a track where we're invested toward the things that we're moving in the direction of and not waste or present idle time to things that aren't going to necessarily move us forward or be fruitful or be productive in the mission that we are on. Now, it's said if you're not headed somewhere, you're really just headed nowhere, right? I mean, I think that's probably the case. There's a lot of truth in that. If you're focused on everything, then you're really focused on nothing, right? We are created, guys, to be mission people, to be moving on a mission with a mission mindset. God didn't just put us here on this earth to just pass time by and just sit here idle and not accomplish something that he's created us to accomplish. Do you believe that? If you do, say amen. All right. Now, here's the thing that I get out of this scripture is that Jesus goes to these guys and he says, first of all, he says, follow me. They say, okay, yeah, we want to follow you. Something about Jesus drew them in, something about him whether they fully grasped that he was the Messiah, that he was the Son of God, probably not in fullness at this point, but they knew there was something to that. And so he says, follow me, just the same as at some point all of you who, have, who call on Jesus as Lord, at some point the Holy Spirit drew on your heart and said to you, Paul, said to you, Bryce, follow me, and you said, okay, Jesus, I will. I give you my life. I'm going to devote my life to following you. And we accepted that invitation and we accepted that call. And hallelujah, praise God, when we did, we received our salvation in eternity forever with him. And we secured that. And what we did when we accepted that call, if you look at the rest of this scripture, what does he say after he says, follow me, I will make you become fishers of men. What I see here is that when we accept the invitation of Christ and we say, yes, I'm going to follow you, we know that we receive all of the God part of him by the impartation of the Holy Spirit into us, right? That we receive the, the, the love of God is in us in fullness. The power of God is in us in fullness. The joy of God, the peace of God. We receive all of him. Because the Bible says, Peter says, he says that we become partakers of the divine nature. Right? So when God comes to live on the inside of us, we actually begin to share with who we become to become more like God and we have that divine nature in us. And so we receive the fullness of God, love, joy, peace, everything, the power of God. And our life is about becoming more aware of that through revelation and uncovering truth and growing in our faith. But here's what I'm getting at. What we also receive, what we should receive is that. We say, we're going to follow you. We also receive the mission of Jesus. We receive the mission. And what does he say? He says, I will make you fishers of men. What is he saying? He's saying, I am going to use you, Ferd. I'm going to use your life, bro. The gifts that I put in you, the things that I've created you for uniquely that no one else can do. 
I'm going to use your life to reach more people. And that's the mission that I'm about. Jesus is all about souls. Nick said something today, he said about simplifying things. Look, let's simplify this. The mission of God, the kingdom mission, is to see a lost and dying world saved. And when you and I accept the call to follow Jesus, to receive his Holy Spirit, we receive the mission. Now, when we receive that mission, it's something that our lives, this is important, it's, we are already created to serve that mission, right? As you come to God, you are ready, not that we don't grow and, and become, you know, more of, of, and cultivate things that we have, but you are ready to begin serving that mission when, when you come to Christ as you are. Because these guys were already ready. He said, follow me. Okay, I'll make you fishers of men. So when they said they were going to follow Jesus, they at the same time embraced the calling that they were going to use their lives to serve Christ and ultimately to reach a lost and dying world so that more people could be saved. So what I want you to think about, though, is have you embraced that mission? Have we embraced that mission the way that, that God asks us to? And I don't know about you, but I can say for sure, I've been guilty at times where, but whether it's, I don't know, maybe it's a new house or a new op business opportunity or something comes along and I kind of get engulfed in that a little bit. And then all of a sudden, if I'm just being honest, it's like I can kind of make that the mission. Like that becomes the mission all of a sudden. And that's just, I'm just like, I can get really devoted to that thing. And it's not that those things are bad. God brings those to us. He blesses us. He wants to enjoy those things. But what I'm, what I'm saying is that those, all of those things are designed to serve the greater mission. The greater mission of everything that God is using you for, that he brings into your life. All of it is aimed in a direction of a kingdom mission, which is to reach a lost and dying world that more people will know who Christ is, will receive salvation as a result of how your life is being lived out. And we need to receive that. We need to accept and embrace the fact that, yes, I'm, I'm following Jesus, but I'm not just going to sit back and kind of get fat and lazy, you know? I mean, I want to get out there, and I want to do the work that Jesus has died. He died for me to have this thing. I want to get out and do the work and serve him in a way where my life results in. Can we say when we get to heaven, because of my life, more people are here with me? Whoa. Or will we get there and be like, well, I got myself here, <laughs> I mean, really, we did, and Jesus did. But like, you know, as a result of how we live, like, wow, there's a whole bunch of people that are here because my life sowed seeds or nurtured seeds that had been sown already or whatever it was, and that more people came to know Christ, and I contributed to that. My life was lived on the mission Jesus called us to have to reach a lost and dying world, and a difference was made. There's more people here in the kingdom of heaven with us because of the way my life was lived. That's a challenging thought, right? And I don't know, but a lot of times we kind of think, well, you know, the pastor wins people. <laughs> of course, right? The pastor does that. I mean, the evangelists. You know, Billy Graham said, I mean, I get myself to church and serve God and, you know, these things. 
But we, we, a, lot of, a big misconception that a lot of people have is they kind of like remove themselves or never even put themselves in there to begin with it. Somehow their life is designed to reach lost people. They just sort of think that's for a certain type of person in the church. But what I'm getting at here, if you read your Bible the way I do, when he says, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. When I follow Jesus, I, I, I signed up, man, I'm on the mission. My life is also contributing to that. And here's the big thing that I think can help us is that we re need to realize that reaching people and, and living for God in a way that is like a light and salt to the world where mo more people come to know Christ as a result of that, it looks a little bit different for all of us. The way we live, shouldn't it? I mean, if you're all we're all created differently, uniquely, with different gifts, different talents, different callings and purposes then the way our life is impacting and influencing and reaching the world, it's going to look a lot different for all of us. The guy that's in the business world versus the school teacher versus the, the pastor versus the stay-at-home mom, it's going to all look different, but every one of those lives are created and designed to serve the kingdom mission. Does that make sense? Listen to what Paul says. In, open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul says this in verse 19. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. And to the Jews I have become as a Jew that I might win Jews. And to those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those under the law. To those who are without law as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law towards Christ. Say law one more time and just do that, you know. Um, that I might win those who are without law, to the weak I have become as weak, that I might win the weak. Listen, here it is. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means win more. I mean, what is he saying? He's saying our lives, our gifts, our position, and wherever we're at in life, we it needs to bend and flex to serve that greater mission. He's saying no matter where you're at, whatever it is, you can, you, can, you can bend and flex to where whatever you've got to offer, whatever God's put in you, if you're serving the greater mission of the kingdom that Jesus has called us to, then he will absolutely use your life and your gifts and your talents to be able to reach more people in the world. And Paul's saying, I did whatever I had to do, short of compromising my convictions, to see more people saved. I bended, I flexed, I adjusted when I was in this town, when I was in that town, when I was, uh, you know, making tents, when I was in, on islands, when I was in prison. Well, it didn't matter. Whatever I did, I, I saw that as it was always able to bend and flex to serve the greater mission. And, and, and my point to all of us today is there is no situation that any person is in, no place, no, no nothing that... Uh, exempts us from this thing. It doesn't pull us out. It doesn't nullify it. It doesn't make us incapable of it. Every single human being who has Christ living in their heart is, it should be on a mission to serve him and to build the kingdom. And, and it looks different for all of us, but if we're devoted to it, God will use us and he will bring those gifts and those talents out in such a way where the salt and the light that we're called to be will shine forward and more people will come into relationship, will know God deeper as a result that we're serving the mission. But if we're not on the mission, it's very hard to accomplish it. 
Does that make sense? I mean, if we're just kind of going along and we're not, well, there's a couple people that save people, you know, and reach lost, but the rest of us do all this stuff. But if we, if we get a hold of the fact that we're all really on that mission together, that our lives are doing that, are accomplishing that, we could kind of fall in line and, and like serve God toward that greater mission overall, and then he could begin to use us in that way uniquely as we're created to. How, how about that? I think of it like this. There are people that you can reach that no one else can reach. Fact. I meet with pastors all the time, and we talk all the time about this. And, and I hear this, they say, I thank God for you because you can reach people that I can't reach. And I say the same thing. I thank God for you because you can reach people that I can't reach. And it's true. It's true. We all have that in us. We're, and if we're, we have to be devoted to that mission, right? As he says, Jesus says, follow me. Okay, we're going to follow you. Okay, I will make you fishers of men. Make. It's a process. It's to work it out. It's to be doing it all along, but to be effective all the time. Wow. That's powerful. You're created to build the kingdom. You have a part to play in that, and your life will add to the amount of people when we get to heaven. Wouldn't it be cool? Just think about it for a second. Be cool to get to heaven, glory, and all of a sudden somebody just comes running up. Glory! I'm so glad that you spent time with me, that you had coffee with me, that when I was hurting because of a bad relationship, you told me how much God loved me. You don't know how much that put me on the right track to seeking God and finding him. Wouldn't that be awesome to see? And I, I believe there's going to be that kind of thing, that kind of reunion when we get to heaven where we're going to see stuff like that. I'm going to talk in the end about something that I hopefully will open your eyes to. But if we're, if we're devoted to that mission, guys, and we're on that track, God can use us to build his kingdom while we're in our awesome business opportunity or while we're, you know, working in the church or while we're in the schools or at a home. As a, it doesn't matter. All, we can enjoy those things and get great at those things, prosper in those things, all of that. But if that is it, if that's the, it, the mission, that's all. Oh, it's got to be about a bigger mission. <laughs> it's got to be serving a greater mission, the mission Jesus came to establish, the kingdom mission, right? And when we put ourselves in a place to do that, we flourish at a level we could never flourish at before anyway. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Jesus says... Open your Bible, go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And this is a story where, I just love this one, okay? Hopefully this will drive this thing home. Verse 1, so it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, and he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into the boat, one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put, out, uh, to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. Simon, this is Peter, by the way, okay? When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had gone and done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. 
and also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, for from now on you will catch men. This is so powerful. One, first of all, fishing, catching fish in the way that we <clears throat> interpret scriptures metaphorically, it, it, it can be used to mean saving souls, right? Building the kingdom. And so what's going on here? These guys are in the boat. They're doing something that they are great at doing, that they know how to do, which is catch fish. They've been doing it all their life. They're fishermen. Yet they're having no success in doing it. Jesus gets involved, gets in the boat, tells them what to do, how to do it, specifically where to even put the net. He's into the details, you know, being Jesus is. And when you're hearing from God, man, you can you even hear details, right? And, and he says, throw it this way. And they throw the net out, and they catch this mother load of fish that's breaking the nets. They can't even believe it. And they go in and they celebrate this thing. Well, what you have to understand about the kingdom mission, reaching lost and dying, is that when it comes to just you and me alone by ourselves, we can't do anything. We can't save anybody. <laughs> you, you with me? I mean, we can't do any part of that. But when Jesus gets it, See, nothing was happening for these guys when they were doing all that they knew how to do in their area, their space. But when Jesus got in the boat, he changed the game immediately. And they had a full heart, full plenty harvest, full, brought in the, everything. When Jesus, Jesus has called us to reach lost and dying people, but get this, he is not expecting you to do that. He just wants you to be willing, and he will empower you to do that. He will work through you in order to reach people. You can't touch a heart. You can't, it's, it's God using you that actually paves the way, and the Holy Spirit is who reaches in, touches hearts, stirs them up, draws them to him, and eventually is the one who saves them. We don't do any of that. So look, cut yourself a break for a second. All you need to do is be devoted to the mission. God say, I don't want you to save them. I didn't ask you to do that. I just want you to serve me in the mission. I'll do the saving. I'll, I'll do the penetrating. I'll do the part where it says the spirit draws on the hearts of men. I'll draw on the hearts. I just need you to get in a position where I can use you to do that. Let me do my part. Nothing was happening, but when Jesus got in the boat, everything changed. Everything. When we step back and say, okay, God, everything in my life, I want it to be for you. I want, you, I want everything to be a tool for you. Where I live, my relationships, my family, my career, go on and on and on. It's, it's all for you, God. It's all like a big arrow aimed at the big mission, which is building the kingdom. And I will allow, and then you use me. Now empower me, God, to do that. And I promise you, you say, okay, get ready. And I will empower you with a supernatural ability. And I will go and I will make miraculous things happen. Miraculous things happen because you are willing and I am able. Hallelujah. Is that powerful or what? We don't do the same. We just need to devote ourselves to the mission and God will begin to use us. And I promise us that when you do that, when your resources and, and, and your position in life and your gifts and your talents are all aimed in the direction of the mission, that God will begin to use you and you, your life will flourish like you can't even imagine. 
and the kingdom will be built and will expand. And it's interesting, but when people go out on the mission field, guys, they get out on the mission field. It's just a fact. I mean, you hear these things all the time that people on mission, they see more miracles. Why is that? I don't, I mean, I think one of the reasons is that they're just out in a place where they just never forget the mission that they're on. They just always know that what they're doing, what they're about is serving God to build the kingdom. It's just kind of always right in front of them. They're at a distant place or far away, and you wake up and you think, okay, I'm here. I'm in this place. I'm in this situation because God's called me to build the kingdom and reach people through this. And so they're always aware of the mission, and God, it's like God's power is just more active and more prevalent, and they see more miracles and more things happen because of that. I mean, there's a lot of people that they go on a mission and they, they, you know, they go to a place and they stay there for the rest of their lives. And they get out there because they see all these amazing things happen. And I'm not saying we have to move to the other side of the world. But what I am saying is I think there's some powerful stuff that we can take from that. And we can say, man, I need to be living like that right now where I am. In a place where I am where every day I know I'm on a mission to serve God and build his kingdom. Hallelujah. We have to be busy about the business guys of of the the kingdom mission is the mission and then our lives everything we do uniquely and we're gifted and created for is to serve that mission if we bend and we flex how can how can my i'm in this job i mean how can i be used by god god will show you i mean he's there's a shortage of opportunities god there's no god's hand is not too short to save in any situation and reach in and touch people, right? So, so get rid of any false notion that somehow you're out of the equation or anybody would be out of the equation. Anywhere, anytime, anyplace, anybody can always be used and about serving God in this mission. Now, we have to be busy about this because there is an adversary as well. And just as God wants to use us to reach the, the lost and dying world and to build the kingdom, there's an adversary that wants to destroy that. And this is, I wanna read something to you just out of Ezekiel chapter 13. Uh, And this was a prophetic word that Ezekiel gave. And this is just, oh man, this just like really grabs me. Um, Here, I'm gonna use this. And I just want you to hear this. Think about this idea that we need to be on a mission because our adversary is on a mission too. All right, so this is a prophetic word about false prophets that are leading people astray. In verse 17, so likewise the son of man, God's talking to Ezekiel, set your face against the daughters of your people who prophesy out of their own heart, prophesy against them and say, thus says the Lord God, woe to the women who sew magic charms on their sleeves and make veils for the heads of people of every height to hunt souls. Wow. Will you hunt the souls of my people and keep yourselves alive? And will you profane me among my people from handfuls of barley and for pieces of bread, killing people who should not die and keeping people alive who should not live? By your lying to my people who listen to lies. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against your magic charms by which you hunt souls like birds. I will tear them from your arms and let the souls go, the souls that you hunt like birds." This always really grabbed me, this idea that there's evil people hunting souls. Wow, that's crazy, isn't it? But you know what? When you think about the enemy and the devil and his mission to destroy the kingdom of God, it's not really that surprising. And, and 
there are people that are not living with Christ, don't know Christ, that the enemy is able to use and manipulate, and they may not even realize it, but he's using them to hunt souls to prevent people from ever reaching salvation. He's trying, it's, these false prophets were feeding lies to people, giving them false messages, saying that it was from God. I mean, it's not like there's not people in our day in powerful places of stature leading people astray with messages that are false. And I'm just saying, I don't want to get crazy on you here, but I think the enemy's at work behind all that stuff. Okay? He's trying, he's hunting souls, guys. He's hunting lost souls to make sure they never make it. That's what he wants. And if he's busy about that, what is, what is the opposition? What is the answer? The opposition is you and I. Our lives are vessels. God wants to use us to build his kingdom. And he's saying, there's somebody out there who's hunting souls. Let's get out there and let's go reach a lost and dying world so that more people can be in paradise, in eternity with us when we get there one day. And all of our lives are created to serve that mission. They really are. But, but, but we can kind of get caught up in the here and the now and the things, and we come, we know God, we love God, but like we just kind of like isolate ourselves or box ourselves out of that mission. But I'm just, and I'm not saying it's it's comfortable, but I'm just telling you that you, in, when you're serving that mission, your life will flourish in a way it can never flourish before. Like God, he wants, man, yeah, phew, put you in there. Let's get that mission going. Let's build that kingdom. And oh yeah, I'll take care of all your needs along the way. I'll bless you. I'll provide for you. I'll mean, yeah, absolutely. I'll protect you. Yes, you are on a mission with me, right? When we accept the call of Christ, just like those guys in the boat did. Yes, Lord, I will follow you. Okay. Oh, by the way, following me means you're also a fisher of men. We all are, guys. It's not just certain people in the church. Every one of our lives are created to be kingdom-building, game-changing, world-impacting lives. It all looks a little bit different. Praise God for that. I love it because we all have a way to meet and reach people that other people can't. And if we allow ourselves, our, the things that we're doing and things we're in, we kind of like, okay, I, I'm going to take my hand off of my job. I don't want to control it, but I'll let you, God, use that to just use me to be a changer in this world and reach more people. And as you move on or go to do other things, you have no idea. Maybe you planted seeds. Maybe you watered seeds. Maybe you saw the harvest. Maybe you saw people give their life to Christ right then and there. You just need to be ready for every stage of that is what I would say. But planting, watering, and then seeing people come to the harvest is just, it's all part of it, right? And our lives are all designed to be vessels to accomplish that thing. I want to close with this. At the end of the day, at the end of all this, When we get to heaven, there's going to be, the Bible talks about crowns and talks about rewards and talks about, like when we get to heaven, how we serve God, how we devoted our lives to his mission, um, it's going to matter. It's going to matter. Listen to this. This is a prophecy about the end times that Daniel speaks of. It's in chapter 12 in verse 1 through 3 says, at that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble, 
such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time your people shall be delivered, every one who is found written in the book. And many of those who slept in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. There is a heaven and there is a hell. Okay? Verse 3. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Hallelujah. There will be a glory to our lives that radiates, that shines in heaven. It says those who turn many to righteousness will shine like stars forever and ever. I can't fully grasp that, honestly, you know, but I know what it says. I know there's something there that tells me that if I devote my life to the mission of God, building his kingdom, and more people come to know Christ, grow closer to God as a result of that, that there's something about the way my Spirit is going to, the way I'm going to shine in heaven, and it's going to be, it's going to mean something, or it wouldn't be in the book. It's going to matter. It's important. And I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. You're going to, one of us is going to shine, and some of us going to shine a little bright. I don't really know. But all I know is that it says in Daniel that those who turn many to righteousness will shine like stars forever and ever. And that is a big freaking deal. Stand to your feet with me today. Think about this. When you, people that you know, you know, people that you care about in your sphere of influence, I mean, does your heart burn with the question, do they know Jesus? That's a good test, right? I mean, that's kind of like the main thing. And I don't know about you, but as I meet people wherever I go, for all different kinds of reasons, all different kinds of situations, and I'm not saying that I do this perfectly, I need, we all need to grow in this, but so often I think, do they know Christ? Are they going to be there? If I can't answer that question, I need to be thinking about the mission. Right? You need to be thinking, okay, God, use me. I don't know, I mean, what it is. How the Bible says, you know, don't worry about what you're gonna say beforehand. The Holy Spirit will give you the words in the time and in the hour, right? Uh, I mean, you just you just gotta be in tune. God just use me. I don't know, man, something right now. I just help me, God, just to reflect you. Help me to just show your glory. Help me to just be like a, your image here in this situation, whether it's through my words, whether it's through my attitude, or whether it's through my response to us. I don't know. If I need to lead them somewhere, ask them, help me, God, to know that. There's a time and a place, right? There's too much and too little. I, the line in between is where the Holy Spirit is the wisdom of God that gives you the difference. And we listen and we follow. But if you're not on the mission, it's just like you're unplugged from the mission. It's hard to like be aware of those things all the time. We're all on a mission, man. If you got in the boat, and you got what you said, he said, follow me, and you said, I do. He intended for you to stay on that mission with him. And that doesn't mean you got to change everything you're doing right now. It doesn't mean you don't need to change something. I'm just saying, I mean, Paul even said, he said, look, you know, he told the people because they, they 
came to know Christ and they were doing all kinds of things, leaving their spouses and doing all this stuff, thinking they needed to do all these crazy things to start serving God. And he said, stay where you are. Stay in the place that you're at now and let God use you where you are.